Hi, everyone, and welcome to Vikings Now. The Vikings take another one in the loss column. I'm Jim Rich, along with Pierre Nugium. Ahmad Hicks, he was railing on you on the last show for not being here, and <laughs> his chair's empty. I, I, I don't get it. Uh, you know, do you guys got something going on that uh, you want to share with the, the listeners? You, you're not seen on the same sets anymore? I uh, No, no, not at all. I just, you know, it just happened to work out that way. And uh, as you know, I only work when I want to. That is know, true. So, so I, that I'm, is true. I'm just keeping up. I'm, I'm nothing if not consistent with that. So uh, You do follow through on that. You yeah. do follow through on that. All so, right. Yeah. Uh, the Vikings uh, drop another one. Uh, they still are in a playoff spot, but they could have entrenched themselves so much better with a victory on Saturday against Cincinnati. Uh, I mean, so many people are talking about the two quarterback sneaks that yeah. were failed. Uh, we thought when we had Nick Mullins, we were going to get a manager, a guy that doesn't take risks. Uh, that didn't happen. He had a couple of horrible interceptions and nearly a third that he was saved for by the offside or that would have been a pick six the other way um uh, let's start with mullins uh what do we have here because uh, we thought he was a guy that knows the offense inside and out was going to be a safe choice wasn't going to be a turnover machine yet he had a couple of big ones for the Vikings that took points off the board. When I think about it, he should have had four interceptions in the game, really, to be honest. Um, well, the touchdown he did throw uh, yeah. to, uh, to Addison the in the end one? zone. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that, even the announcers were cringing. They're like, no, he's not really throwing it in the end zone across his body, is he? I My, my live reaction to that was, I cannot believe he completed that pass. <laughs> I cannot believe he got away with that. But, I mean, you listen, the results are the results, and he found a way to fit it in a tight window. So, I guess – Congrats to Nick Mullins for somehow finding a way to turn that play into an oh, no, oh, no, oh, yeah type moment. But uh, I, I don't really I, I don't really know how to feel about Nick Mullins after this game, Jim, to be honest, because listen, he looked better than Josh Dobbs has looked over the last couple of weeks. True. That is certainly true. But I didn't come away feeling, even though the numbers, if you look at the numbers. Yeah, they're, they're impressive. Terrific. Tw what is it? 26 of uh, 26 or 33 over 300 yards, a couple of touchdowns, uh, you know, the interceptions we did mention. But the numbers, when you look at the numbers on face value, look pretty good. However, the eye test for me watching that game yesterday, at no point during that game did I feel comfortable and safe with Nick Mullins as the quarterback. I didn't. I, I, there were well, I, come on. You had a 14-point lead. Uh, you've seen the stat out there online, 84-some games where the Vikings had a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter, and they have not lost. So, I mean, I felt comfortable when they were in that situation. Well, I, I mean, in, in terms of that situation, I understand why you would say that. But watching Nick Mullins play the game yesterday, at no point did I think to myself, oh, man, I think the Vikings have got something here. Quarterback. Oh no! No, that's that's <laughs> no. that's what I mean by I got you. I it. That's, got you. that's what I mean by it. I I don't. I never once felt comfortable as Nick Mullins, you know, being the quarterback of the time right now, the fourth different starter for the Vikings this season. He didn't really show me enough to make me feel like, well, he's for sure going to be the starter next week. He probably will be the starter next week. I mean, the Vikings did put up twenty four points, which seems like a hundred after the last three <laughs> weeks of what we've seen this team do, but. I I know at no point did I think to myself. I I feel fully confident with Nick Mullins as the starter moving forward. 
Well, I, did you feel confident? I did. I did th- he didn't do anything to, to to make me feel inspired in terms of being a Viking. If if I was a Viking fan, if he didn't throw those two picks, I would have been fine. Yeah, with sure. It. I yes. would have thought, okay, this is a backup. This yes. is what we we have to deal with right now. He is the best option down the stretch. But the touchdown, the interception where he was sitting on his behind <laughs> and, and threw it from me to you away, yeah. was like, what What are you doing? The I DJ mean, Hill, that's, yeah. That's like playground. What do you? It makes no sense. You were already in the grasp. You're going down. They're going to give you the sack. Just eat it. I don't understand how he yeah. and both Dobbs have just. They panic like it's the first time they've ever been sacked. It's just like take it and live for another down. Well, I don't. And and that was the second interception of the game. I believe the Vikings were in position to at very least kick a field goal oh, in yes. that situation. And the yes. first interception previously, the Vikings were marching in, looked like they were about to score another touchdown. Yeah. So those two interceptions came. He took at, six points at least off the board. At least at bare minimum six points off the board right there. You might have had a chance to shut the door early on the Bengals. I mean, it really could have taken their will early, but you let him hang around. And again, this is why to me between at, at this point right now, whether it's Josh Dobbs, whether it's Jaron Hall, or whether it's Nick Mullins, I know if Jaron Hall is watching this, he said, what are you lumping me in the end of this <laughs> one? I, didn't, I haven't turned the ball over. But it almost feels like it doesn't matter to this point because I don't trust this Vikings offense to keep possession of the football anyway. Turnovers once again continues to be the plague that affects this team and has affected this team throughout the entire year. And we saw it again with a different quarterback. Like we said, it's the fourth different starter. And yet this team continues to turn the ball over. It doesn't matter who's got their hands but on the I, football. But I think the difference here was both can be pinned on Mullins. Yes. This wasn't a wide receiver tipping a ball up in the air, mm-hmm. letting the defense get that's, an extra crack fair, yeah. at it. It wasn't Alexander Madison putting the ball on the turf. Uh, Ty Chandler was airtight with the football. So I think there were some positives on that side of it. So they weren't as careless as they have been in the in the past. It was one player that was careless with the football. In context, not all turnovers are equal. You True. Know? So they, they all count equal at the end of the box score, but there is context to it. I think that's a fair point. Yeah, yeah all right. So do you go uh, after the game, uh, O'Connell said, Time to reevaluate again. You think he's going to go back with Mullins, though. He thinks that you could smooth out those two mistakes. I mean, well, one is like, what are you doing? You're getting sacked. Just hang on to it. Yeah. I mean, that's an easy fix. Right. The second one, I'm not sure where he was throwing that ball because I didn't really – I didn't get to see an angle where I saw what the intended target was because it was nowhere near anybody but a Brown that scooped it up off yeah. the ground. Uh, a lot like the throw to Addison where he had to scoop it six yeah. inches off the turf Great and play. turned it into a touchdown. Great play. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, if I was Mullins, I'd be uh, buying Addison a lot of stakes after that game <laughs> because both of those touchdowns were by Addison, not yeah. by the throw. I, I think, well, I, I was on record saying before the week bef- leading into the Raider game, so it was coming out of the bye, coming off of that Monday night game against Chicago, I was on record saying I didn't feel that Josh Dobbs had done enough to lose the job. So if I'm going by that, you know, kind of logic and, and thinking, right. I, I don't think Nick Mullins did enough to lose the job this week. But you cannot have – you can't have a carousel. we got three games left in the regular season. You're fighting for your playoff lives. Uh, you've, you're right now at a critical juncture of the season where – 
If unless unless you have a guy who just is completely inept and has no confidence out there on the field, you've reached a point now in the season where you have to have some type of stability right. and consistency at the position. And right now, if that's Nick Mullins, so be it. Because are you expecting Jaron Hall to suddenly step in and be the savior? Even if he's, you can think to yourself, if I'm Kevin O'Connell, I can think to myself, well, Jaron Hall might be looking better in practice this week, but he's still a rookie and we're still fighting for our playoff lives. So am I going to hitch my wagon to Jaron Hall for the last three games of the season, hoping that a light bulb clicks with him and he suddenly turns into the savior. I, I don't know about that. I, I think at this point now you have to make a decision between Nick Mullins or Josh Dobbs. And right now it feels like Nick Mullins. Well, is probably if, be the guy. if it's between Dobbs and Mullins, then it's an easy decision, right? Because Josh, for some reason has really lost his confidence. Mm -hmm. And Ahmad and I talked about it last week. You know, uh, O'Connell said that, you know, he saw enough plays that he felt would work to Dobbs's skill set. But I didn't see the Vikings really putting a lot in there because if you're working to Dobbs' skill set, you would have rolled them out mm -hmm. like they did with Cousins before. But they never – I can't recall any rollouts for Dobbs where he could have the option. One, he'd get out there way faster than Cousins, so he'd have more time to look. And two, if he doesn't like what he sees, he's got a better chance to run when you're already rolling out. But right. they, but that's I think that's water under the bridge now. I think Dobbs has been washed down the stream. His Hills confidence is probably uh, really battered right now, and so I don't know if he's an option. But he got Jaron Hall sitting there, and again, this is the fans on the outside who's the most popular player on mm -hmm. any team. It's yeah, the it's backup quarterback, always. the guy that we haven't seen enough of. Yeah. And so it's up to O'Connell now to decide the mistakes that Mullins made. Are they fixable yeah. in the final three weeks? Or do you have to throw the baby and the bathwater out again and go with Hall and just say, look, we've got three weeks to salvage this season. I can't have a quarterback that's throwing the football to the opposition. Yeah, Period. It, yeah, you because can. I think that's why he went with Mullins, because he says, I'm sick of these turnovers. I'm going to go with the guy that I feel is going to manage the team, manage the offense. Well, and, and, and Nick Mullins has, out of those three players that we just mentioned, Nick Mullins has the most experience in Kevin O'Connell's system, and he understands the offense better. I mean, Nick, Nick Mullins was a, a preseason trade last year right. to, to come to, to Minnesota. So he has had almost two full seasons – you know, with, with Kevin O'Connell as his head coach, he understands the offense. He's been the backup to Kirk Cousins. So if I'm picking between those three, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going with Nick Mullins. It, j it just seems like it probably makes the most sense right, right now. Yeah, no, I agree. So that that's probably what you're I, – I, I would, to be perfectly honest, I would be shocked. And, and, and I wish I could find another word to use other than shocked. But I would be shocked. It is one of your favorites. Yeah, if, if it wasn't if it wasn't Nick Mullins starting at quarterback next week, because then that to me opens the door for for the media hounds like us to really get after Kevin O'Connell and be like, "What are you doing? Like you 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 have to." Well, they're already on him well, for the two uh, plays in overtime that, that he that, called. Yes, we'll get to that yeah, in a minute, that, and that's understandable. But but it goes back to the point I just mentioned. You've got three games left in the season now. You have to establish some kind of consistency. And if you're just going to keep juggling these quarterbacks, neither one of them are going to be playing with any kind of confidence because they're going to be looking over their shoulder, first mistake they make in the game. So to me, it makes the most sense to now, 
You got Nick Mullins. Just stick with Nick Mullins and see what happens because Kirk Cousins is not going to be limping through that door right now to come save the season, unlike Aaron Rodgers, who I'm sure loves to still have it, have it in his mind that he's going to come back and play. But now the Jets have been eliminated, so I guess it doesn't really matter at this point. But, Correct. But it, it's going to have to be Nick – I shouldn't say it's going to have to be Nick Mullins. It's not my choice, but it would, seems like it, the obvious choice to me is Nick Mullins. Well, I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe you could try to see what he's got, give him a leash, and then go back to Mullins. I mean, I thought Dobbs was going For to have Hall, a shorter you leash. You're, yeah. So you're thinking Hall? Well, I don't know. Again, right, I don't have enough. I'm not allowed to sit at practice and watch him throw. I don't see his – you know, his uh, relationship with the receivers, is he leading them? Because, again, the passes were a little off, but you expect that because mm -hmm. they don't have the uh, repetition with each other. But Justin Jefferson, I think, in his post-game comments, you can find him on fox9.com. We've got him posted. He, he went out of his way, I think, to praise Mullins. He did. And I think that is going to be – something that carries a lot of weight in O'Connell's decision. Mm -hmm. If the receivers aren't barking, right. if they're not saying, <laughs> Coach, we we just can't. We can't go through another week of this. Give us Jaron. Now, if those guys are saying, you know what, we can live with this, we can work with him, then I think you're right. Then I think he does stick with Mullen. But if there's some back-channel conversations that are getting around to the head coach saying, like, he's a great guy, nice kid, and whatever, but, you know, he, he's not giving us what we need. Let's go to the other guy. Then I could see O'Connell change. But if the receivers are happy, I think O'Connell will stay. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I think that's why I think Nick Mullins is going to start in, in week, what are we, 16 next week? In week 16. Yeah. Sure. All right. So let's go to the disaster of overtime. Uh, the consecutive tush, push, whatever you want to call them. Um, all right. The Vikings are not built for this in my mind. It is not a play that they have the staffing to do. We don't have giant brutes of offensive linemen. We don't have a running quarterback. Mullins is barely, I don't know, I think maybe Cousins may be better at that than Mullins showed. And so I don't know why you had Chandler doing so well on the day. You could have even kicked a field goal attempt from there and try to win the game and get out of there been a long field goal but i mean it's, it would make more sense to me than what we just saw yeah you know on two consecutive plays um on, on third and one when you when you try to do that i i still don't love the play call but in a sense you know it, you're, you're looking at fourth and one and i would think to yourself i i would think that listen no nobody has not everyone has jalen hurts under center. You know, That's that, right. Not, That's what I'm saying. They're yeah. not built for this. Ne yeah, exactly. The, just because the Eagles have been able to do it with with consistency week after week doesn't mean, yeah, like you said, Jim, the, the, that doesn't mean you're going to be able to do it. And if you try it once and it didn't work once and now you're looking at a fourth and one in overtime, I would have thought that you would have thought to yourself as a play caller, okay, well, that clearly didn't work. <laughs> right. And but uh, after the game, Kevin O'Connell said, "You know, I didn't I didn't want to turn around and extend it, you know, a little bit more, a couple yards, for Chandler maybe to possibly get stuffed in the backfield, and you know, but at the same time too, with given the way that Ty Chandler was running the football and how well he had played all season long, even if he got had gotten stuffed in that situation, I would rather die on that hill exactly than than." 
call the same play again right? and and have Nick Mullins be, be the guy who, who's trying to muscle his way in between the tackle to gain a half yard for a first down. I'd, I'm sorry. I'd rather die on the hill with my running back because that at least would have at least made more sense. You can think to yourself, well, you know, it, it, we just didn't execute it. But uh, but nine times out of ten on a on a second and one or a third and one or a fourth and one, we're going to get a yard yeah. with our running back. Nine times out of ten, probably. So especially the way Chandler was running, yeah, I don't I, think he had uh, maybe one negative run all he, day. He finished. He finished uh, the game with averaging over five and a half yards yes. a carry. Five and a half yards a carry. That was the, the best performance from a Vikings running back we'd seen all season long. Yeah, nobody's so gone so, over a hundred. So much so to the point uh, to that it made me think. You know, and Brian O'Neill was missing from this game too. You're not. You're without your starting right tackle. Ty Chandler ran the ball so well yesterday. At uh, late in the game, I, I, it occurred to me, how did this guy lose his job in, in in training camp? How did he not emerge as the starter at a training camp? I get it. You signed Alexander Madison to a two year deal. You know, it's not that much money, but at the same time, too, with the way he was running the ball, I remember vividly. We probably have it up on Fox on YouTube somewhere. Ahmad Hicks, myself, Jeff Wald, after training camp, we looked at each other. We did we we did a little commentary and we said, you know who looked good today was Ty Chandler. Yeah. Man, he looked good today, and he ran the ball pretty well. You know, in his preseason opportunities, he. he I, I was honestly thinking to myself yesterday, how did this guy not get named the starter at a training camp just because Alexander Madison had been here before? I think so. But, that, I, but I that's still. So. But that's still like even even if. But even, but but you remember though, people thought they saw enough in Madison. Yeah, 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 yeah. To replace yes. Dalvin Cook, right? That, yes. From what you saw previous seasons. Yeah. You know, so we didn't think that. Madison would regress once he became the everyday running back. That's fair. That's fair. And I would agree with that. And, but you know, even after the first month of the season when nothing was going well, running the, you know, running wise, right. the solution wasn't try to go to Ty Chandler. The solution was to trade for cam Akers. Mm -hmm. and you know, cam Akers in his brief time touching the football did, did okay at times before he got hurt, he was lost for the season. And I'm looking at Ty Chandler yesterday. I said, this guy's been on your roster the entire season. Yeah, but but he may not have been the same running back that he, he is now got, he that he was carries. at the beginning. But he didn't well, get he carries. Was, he was a rookie. I mean, there was a lot he had to learn, right? It may have been a, a learning process, well, a maturation process. Dwayne McBride was the rookie. Yes, yes. Ty Chandler's been here for a year or two. Right, but he so, was hanging out on the practice squad. Yeah. So he was. What I'm saying is, he's basically like a rookie. Yeah, walking fair. in right. is what I what I'm trying to say. So. All right, three weeks left. Is this team making the playoffs? You have Detroit, Green Bay, mm -hmm. Detroit. Yeah. Um, Two of the three at U.S. Bank Stadium. You, in my opinion, with the way things are forming right now, in my opinion, it looks like you're going to have to win two of the last three games to really kind of, I don't want to use the word guarantee, but if you finish 9-8, and eight, especially with the way this fight is looking like for the wild card spot, nine and eight feels like a safe bet to make the playoffs. And that means that you are going to have to, at the very least, take care of your home field because your next two games are at home against Detroit and then against green Bay. So I, I think the Vikings, I personally, I think the Vikings will beat green Bay. Yep. That's the one that you can almost put into that win column I, I i feel like the vikings will be green bay even though i wouldn't bet any money on it but i feel like <laughs> the vikings would be green bay 
Then comes the question, can you beat Detroit at least once? Um, you might luck out. This is the thing. You might luck out in week 18 where Detroit might be locked into that three seed maybe, or they're locked into the four seed given how the rest of the NFC uh, playoff picture looks with the teams above them. So if it comes down to week 18 and the Lions have nothing to play for, right. they're essentially locked into that that's whatever spot that they're in. They, I, I'd be shocked if they're playing their starters. Wouldn't, wouldn't you pull your starters in that situation to give yourself starters a week of rest to go into the postseason if the result doesn't matter? Especially with the way quarterbacks have gone down this year, yeah, I would definitely yes. try to protect my starter if yes. I've gotten through an entire season this year because – Every team, it seems like, has been losing quarterbacks. And that's why, And that's why, to me, funny enough, now that I think about it, that's why, to me, the game at the end of the season against Detroit seems to be the more winnable game in that situation than next week's game. because, oh, yeah. because Detroit could clinch next exactly. week. Exactly. Yes. With a win, Detroit is going to probably throw everything they can at Minnesota to put this NFC North, North race to bed. And then the next two weeks, they can kind of take the foot off the gas a little bit and reevaluate where they are before the postseason. So that feels, in essence, that and, – and now suddenly, now that, like I said, two out of three games. Yep. Those two out of three games. That's why if, if Minnesota loses to Detroit next week, I'm not panicking ne- just yet. Um, if you lose to Green Bay, now, now you're in big trouble. <laughs> now you're in big trouble if you lose next week and then lose to Green Bay. But I, I think two out of three games will get you in, and I think two out of three games is definitely doable for this team. All right, Jake Browning said the Vikings uh, made uh, a huge mistake – in cutting him yeah. during the Spielman Zimmer era. Uh, do you agree with Mr. Browning that uh, he should be firing these shots at former Viking administration? Not necessarily, but I he gets the green light from me to do so because the proof now is in the pudding and what he's been able to do over the last five weeks. Is Jake Browning a starting quarterback in the National Football League? I don't know if I'm ready to go that far just yet, but I guarantee you Jake Browning is, gonna, is getting himself paid right now. Jake Browning is is making he's making himself a whole lot of money, maybe not starter money, but he, I mean, you know, you ask a guy like Chase Daniel who made a the most money of any <laughs> backup quarterback in the in the history of the NFL – that seems like a nice living to me that Jake Browning is putting himself in a position to do so to get paid, if not as a starter, as maybe one of the top, if not the top backup quarterback in the league going forward for him next year. So I know he wants to play, but at the same right. time, too, if he doesn't end up as a starter on somebody's team next year, getting a really nice, bright, shiny contract that he probably was not going to get um, just six weeks Head ago. Head Burrow not gone down. Exactly. That's a pretty nice consolation prize. All right, so, so yeah. would you start Mullen, Dobbs, Hall, Hall. or Browning? Oh, it's if- Jake Browning. It's, it's, without, <laughs> it's without question it's Jake Browning. Boy, what a story he has been. And, um, you know, him and, and Jonah, Jonah Williams, who's their starting tackle, they were high school teammates out in Folsom, California, in the suburbs of Sacramento. So um, congratulations to Jake Browning. Yeah, you know. This is when you get an opportunity to kind of rub the old team's nose in it. I say go for it, go for it. Why not? And but he even mentioned, to be fair, he went out of his way to mention that you know it's a different regime there now than when right. he was there. So he he's not trying to disrespect the current staff and everything like that. But I, I don't. But at the same time, too, I don't. I don't know if I necessarily disagree with the decision at the time because at the time, 
You had Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. You had uh, Kellen Mond. Kellen that's, Mond. That's you the, that was the two. Yeah, Sean Mannion was the primary backup, I think, when when Browning was here. So, I I don't think the Vikings were necessarily wrong in their decision. Jake Browning seemed to be more upset about how they went about it. Right. So, in that essence, you know, toot your horn, Jake Browning. Go ahead. All right. Uh, last thing, speaking of tooting the horn, you've been doing it all year long for Have Brian I? Flores. Oh, yeah, not good. And uh, that was uh, not historic collapse, but it uh, ranks right up there. As we mentioned, 80-some games. The Vikings have had a 14-point lead going into the final quarter, walked it home. Yesterday, they could not. Uh, what happened there? Uh, was this Flores? Was just uh, his defense out there too long? What What did you glean from the, the television? Well, when you blitz at a 60% rate, eventually you might get exposed on the back end. That, that's just the, the, the gamble you take when you blitz as much as the Vikings do. The game-tying touchdown to T. Higgins. Yes. A Caleb Evans was in the vicinity. Somebody, if somebody's watching, please correct me if I'm wrong. Please, I mean that seriously. Please correct me if I'm wrong. But I believe in the Denver game at the very end when Cortland Sutton caught the go-ahead touchdown pass, I believe a Caleb Evans was in the vicinity as well. And it looked like a very similar play to where it looked like Evans could have made a play on the ball in Denver. And if it wasn't Evans, apologies to Caleb Evans. But it, it might have been Makai Blackman, but I don't remember. But what, no matter who it was, it looked like a very similar play. Right. To, to Cortland Sutton. At you the end need of to get game. the ball at the high point. Jump ball. You know, you got to time your jump. Don't you wait. Make, yeah. So, um, I, I again, there was another play in the game yesterday where I said, I can't believe the kid just came down with that. <laughs> I can't believe they just came down with that. So Were you shocked? No, not really. <laughs> uh, but I, I think I think it's just a result. I, I was more I was more mystified by how Tyler Boyd was able to catch that pass and he had three Vikings guys around him in overtime and then suddenly he's sprinting 44 yards downfield that was the play that I I think stuck with me more than the tying touchdown but I think this is a result of you know if you're going to make it obvious that you're going to blitz a lot some uh, at some point somebody's going to figure out how to defend that right and when you blitz like i said you leave yourself exposed on the back end sometimes yes and you have to trust young corners to win these one-on-one battles and and the corners that you have right now they're young and they it's sometimes they, they've made some plays throughout the day. caleb evans had an interception yesterday so but uh when it counted the most just weren't able to make the play yeah uh, you, if you're going blitz you got to get home and the bengals figured it out in the second half so that blitz wasn't getting home to bother Browning, and so he was yeah. able to have some success. All right, uh, Vikings fall again, uh, but there's still plenty of left to play. Uh, follow us. What else do they got to do? You can catch all the Vikings Sound podcasts anywhere you get your podcasts and on the Fox 9 YouTube page. So, And please leave a comment if you if you like. Subs- uh, subscribe to our Fox 9 YouTube channel. Yeah. And uh, we will see you next week for the Vikings and the Lions. All right, let's do it. Let's have a good week of prep, people. Get ready for this game. If you're lucky enough to have tickets, let them hear you. Let's be a part of this. Let's uh, enjoy the season, as former head coach Mike Tice used to say. For Pierre Nujum, I'm Jim Rich. We will see you after the Lions game.